Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave coming to you to the st- from the studios of Silver Tranch on the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute. And uh, we're just finishing up wrapping a summer here at Silver yeah. Tranch. It's been a while since you've heard my voice. I've been busy running around with young people, but uh, it's all it's all worth it. Uh, it as is. we look back upon the summer, we had, I don't even know the actual number, but I'm going to estimate maybe 2,400 students, 2,500 students come through our door. And I would say that easily, at least, at least, and this is a conservative side, a quarter of them um, in some way or another put their trust and faith in Jesus, whether it was for the first time or recommitment. Cool. And that's amazing. Um, and then even this week, we welcomed our fresh year of Nicolay Bible Institute students. Absolutely. Which is amazing. And uh, some of them actually heard it through this podcast, Yeah, which is fun. And so if you're out there listening to this podcast and you're wondering, you know what, what do I do after high school? Or maybe you're already out of high school and you're like, man, what can I do to deepen my relationship with God and just change up the scenery? I encourage you to check out Nicolay Bible Institute. It's a one-year Bible college program that we host here at Silver Tranch, where it's a combination of biblical learning to give you a nice solid foundation um, and encourage you in your walk with God. But then also it teaches you how to serve in a nice small environment. I mean, within our context, it's camping ministry, but you get to learn how the ins and outs of ministry, but even service to others um, in a lot of ways. And it's a nice smaller setting. We usually have 20 to 30 students and you get paired up with a mentor um, that can encourage you throughout the year. And, And it's something that's very relational intensive, which I think is what we're all learning not learning, yearning for ever since COVID. And so I encourage you to come and check us out. You know, even if you're just sitting at home, spinning your tires, looking for something to do, come up to the Northwoods of Wisconsin, head over to NicolayBibleInstitute.org. Check it out. It's a fun, come do a campus visit, check us out, uh, hang out with goofballs like Dave and myself and some of the other professors. And uh, I don't get called that a whole lot. Not not during class, no. but uh, for those of you who know you, yes. <laughs> definitely a goofball. Well, one of my favorite characters is Goofy. Goofy, yes, man. Young people don't know who Goofy is anymore. Well, Disney, old Disney. Well, is it Disney? Di- uh, I, I think so. Okay. Well, anyway, Goofy. If not, Disney owns if, it now. If I'm I sure. put up a slide in the Nicolay Bible class that I'm teaching and Goofy's on it, yeah, it means it's I don't believe it. Gotcha. Because sometimes if you daydream and then you wake up while you're daydreaming and you listen to the teacher and there's a slide up there, you take notes like I believe it. No, yeah. I I just said something I don't believe, so I put Goofy up there to remind him that this is. Goofy. Yeah. So he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. You know, Dave, before we even started the show again, uh, well, between the two of us, we're just chit-chatting and catching up, but we were talking about how the world has changed so much since COVID. And I know that that everybody's talking about it, but especially within the line of ministry, as we do relationships with, with young people and even adults... The way that we function has changed. Yes. The way that people work has changed. The way that people relate with each other has changed, for better or for worse. And it's amazing to see how, like, I would say that we were self-centered as a culture before COVID. And I think it's almost amplified it. Oh, I think so. In, in, in unhealthy ways. Yep. Um, and I think the trends are starting to show it. And yeah. the statistics are starting to show it. And you see it a lot in the in the, in the next generation of young people where... Before COVID, they were losing, you know, the the sight of how to interact with people. And I think it's just exponentially amplified. You know, we know there's a need for relationships, but there's a gap that's missing because of something. Yeah. You know what? I think uh, maybe COVID has given our culture um, an idea that it's really all about them. Yeah. You know, they've been locked. They were locked up, and it had to be about them. The government's just handing you money and all kinds of stuff. So now it's about you for a while. Then we try to get back to a normal, 
And really, if you look at the Bible, you realize God made us a way and he didn't make us to be all about us. Right. He made us to be about him and to love one another and, and do that in a relational way. That's what he made us to do. And so what's happening is we're trying to mix this new self-centeredism, I think, yeah, with Christianity, and it's not mixing well. Because what we do as believers is we walk with God, we love him, and we serve. If you look in the Bible, the writers of the New Testament always call themselves servants, and we serve. Yeah. Now, when you serve, you're not concerned about your needs. You're concerned about those around you. And I think the great challenge for all ministries in the years to come is to find people who grasp the understanding that you need to serve those who come into your place. Mm-hmm. Whether it be a church or a camp or a school or whatever it is, you need to serve and not because of what you get out of it. Right. And when you start thinking, I'm doing it for what I get out of it, you won't be there very long yeah. because you're doing it because you love God and you love other people, not for what you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like uh, adopting a child. Yeah. Now, some get on me when I use this illustration because, yes, I understand you can adopt a child and that child just give you the love and you get a whole lot out of it. I get it. But the reason you adopt that child is not because of what you get out of it. It's because of what they get out of it. They don't have anyone to take care of them. Right. They don't have anyone to feed them, clothe them, you know, give them housing. And so you use your resources and your time and your energies. And the Bible says you take care of widows and orphans. You do that. So that's what we do. But we don't do it for us. We do it because we're serving God Almighty and we love them. And there's a need there. And so we've identified the need and we take care of them. But it's not about us. And if we ever make it about us, things get twisted and turned. And And that's my concern as an older guy as I look at it. And I'm not sure what the lens you're looking at sees exactly but no i mean i'm almost on the same page you know i have three boys at home and you know they're slowly getting older now you know my my oldest is uh gonna be nine in a couple of days and then i have a six-year-old and almost five-year-old and especially as our our eldest gets older i mean he camped for the first time this summer Mm -hmm. you know which is a milestone and you know and so he's growing up he's starting to get more responsibility but I, i look around and and i see this idea of service because uh, one thing that we share, Dave, even though we're generations apart, is we grew up at the same church. I grew up at your dad's church, right. even though your dad was gone by the time I, but the, a lot of the culture was still there of right. service. And especially, you know, as I observe young people nowadays, um, we just got done with summer and we have volunteers, we have summer staff, and they did an amazing job. Um, but one of the, the natural things that I see as a trend sh- shifter, sure, however you call it, is it, I feel, I, I don't know if it was the cultural thing of growing up, but I felt like it came natural when I was younger because it was just modeled before me to like just see things and help out without the expectation of anything in return. Correct. And I think that's gone away. You know, now it's, it's what is my job and I'll show up when I absolutely need to and I'm done when I'm absolutely, you know, don't, right. you know, and that's it. You know, it's more within the box and you lose that outside the mentality of, oh, there's a need, even though it's not my job, I'm going to go do it. Right. Um, and I think that's the culture we've created within America is that it's so self-centered. It's like, well, I'm just going to do my job. Right. And once I'm done, I'm done. And I could check out and do my, my own stuff. And the irony of it is that as soon as they check out, then it's like more self-centeredness. 
You yeah. know, we were looking before the show started at some statistics and you look at young people nowadays and, and they're using the phone and internet more than ever before. Um, they're constantly on the phones and you see this. I mean, yeah. if you people watch it all, which I love people watching, mm-hmm. whether you're at the store, the airport, or just even a camp, it is amazing in, in especially social situations, how, whether it's young people or even, even my generation, they're just on their phones. Yeah. You know, if there's nobody that's engaging them or if they feel uncomfortable and whatsoever, they pull out their phone. Yep. And and that has huge impacts on the way that we relate to each other because we can't unplug anymore. And when you look at statistics, it, it's all mindless stuff. Young people statistically spend most of their time on YouTube, most of their time on TikTok and Instagram, and it's all just scrolling, looking at other people's lives. Yep. And in the process, they're subconsciously comparing it to their own. And it's impacted the way that we then relate to each other. As you were saying, Dave, you look at the Bible and everything is about loving God and loving others. And when we when we throw that the current model context or whatever you want to call it of the way that we utilize the Internet and the way that we intake, it's all about us. And so it goes in total contradiction to that. And I think it's starting to show in, in our workforce. You know, we have jobs that are willing to play, it seems like, pay a ton of money. I mean... Our closest big towns are from here. I say big towns are probably Green Bay, Appleton. Right. You know, and you drive down the street there and it says now hiring, now hiring, bonuses, you know, all this, you know, 401k matching, all this incentives. And it's been like that for what, a year and a half now. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, you know, if you wanted to go out and actually make money, if that's what your go to is, like you could easily do it. But it's not about that anymore. It's about the, the comforts that we want. You know, a lot of people just want to work at home and do what they want to do. Or I don't know. It's it's just a different different mindset than I've seen. And so as I, as I raise my boys, it's like, how do I teach them within our culture of self-centeredness to care about others? To see a need that doesn't necessarily impact them. It might impact other people. But to do it because it impacts other people and not them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, right now, the only thing that I like falling back on, the only thing that I can fall back on is modeling behavior that should be modeled. Yeah. Because you don't teach necessarily with words, and, and we're learning that in culture right now. Words are cheap. Yeah. You got them everywhere. You got them on social media. You got them on advertisements. You know, I, I my wife and I like watching some game shows on, on television, and we might watch the local news once in a while. And the interesting thing is the ads that are out there, there are a million ads, it seems, for political candidates that tell you everything about them that's bad. Right. I I told my wife the other day, I just want to hear one of them come on and say, here's what I believe in. Right. I I don't want to keep hearing other people tell me what they think of this candidate. Yeah. And and yet that's all that's on there. I mean, back in your day, it used to be two different types. There was campaigning and then smear campaigning. Right. Now there's just one. It's just all smear campaign. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what is that teaching our culture. You you don't. I don't know what any of the candidates actually believe in. Right. I just know that they're all bums. Yeah. According to what's going on on the news or the advertisements or whatever it might be, but that gives an example of okay, here's words getting thrown around, and the purpose of throwing these words around is I want to make sure you don't like this person. Well, that goes on on the internet. Hmm. In the whole war in Ukraine and Russia, they have people totally fighting a war online. Yeah. Propaganda. That's how Hitler fought. Mm-hmm. We haven't learned anything. It's still there. And and you were speaking of, you know, I mean, you, you're looking at other people's lives. 
you know, you look in the Bible, you realize we're made a certain way. We're not made to gossip. Yeah. All social media does is feed gossip. Mm -hmm. That's it. It really does. It feeds gossip. Now, some, I know, someone like myself in my age bracket is going, yeah, but I get to see pictures of my kids. Okay, that's a different idea. So that's right. not feeding gossip, obviously, good for you. But there, there's always these threads of something that's positive in there. Well, there's only a limited amount of pictures of your kids online, and you can't kind of yeah, – right. you know, there's I a know, balance. I know, but I'm just there's saying – And I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying it's it's out of balance. Yeah. And that's that's the key thing. It's out exactly. of balance, and the perspective is different. We we take the one good thing that we use it for to justify all the waste of time that we have. Right. You know, I have an iPhone, and every Sunday it pops up your your screen time usage. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing sometimes. I'm like, really? I was on my phone an average of that every day. It's like yeah. that's incredible. Yep. You know, and obviously some of it's you know maybe emails or you know work related, but then I'm sure a lot of it's like, oh, wow. Yep. And some of us look at that and like, oh, okay, whatever. Yep. But whether it's, I don't know what it's saying on people's phones, whether it's an hour, two hours, three hours, three hours a day. You're only awake for 13, 14 right. hours a day. Right. So you're taking a fifth of your time on your phone. Yep. Wow. And and what's, what's interesting there too is as you look at how things are developing or developed. Yeah. Right now, um, virtual reality is really in. Oh yeah, the metaverse. Time. Yeah, meta. Uni- what do they call that? The metaverse or meta universe or uh, whatever they call it. I don't it. know. Yeah, forgive me. I'm I'm not in that world as much. But I was reading articles about it because I wanted to understand the word. I mean, we work with college young people. I want to know what's going on out there. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? What what these guys are trying to develop is a false reality. We do know that those two things don't go together: false and reality. Right. But they're trying to create one. Now, here's my, of course, I have to turn everything philosophical somehow, so you'll forgive me on some of that. But you look at it and think, they were showing some uh, would-be doctors one day, and they're operating on nobody. They're just operating, and it's all, um, you know, artificial intelligence. and, And somehow they've got those goggles on, so they see the body they're operating on, and everything is... I guess moving the way it should or whatever, but they don't feel it in their hands. They don't, but they're doing it and they're saying, what a great breakthrough. We don't even need to have cadavers anymore to operate on. We don't need to have, and I'm thinking, I would rather have my doctor operate on a cadaver first. I would agree. Because I don't know what this is going to produce down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, is this going to produce people that need to wear um, artificial intelligence glasses in order to operate on me in the future? Right. Is it, are we going to teach just robots to do it? And I understand they already use robots for a lot of that. Yeah. In fact, you know, scientists come such a way. Uh, our listening guests know I struggle with some sleep things, and and I'm working with some Mayo doctors, and they just sent me something, which it which looks like a an Apple Watch or some kind of watch like that, where I get to wear it and they get to analyze my sleep, mm-hmm. and and they do it all over their phones, and I'm thinking. Okay, that's come a long way. You know, I I don't even have to go anywhere. Yeah. I just go to sleep, connect this thing, sends them all the messages, and, and, and maybe that's really good progress. But I have yet to see one of those doctors face-to-face. Right. I have only seen them over screens, and now I will do all the tests without ever seeing them in person. Yeah. Now, I don't know what that means long-term. Right. But I, I can't help but think that ideas have consequences, that down the road things are going to be different even more than they are today. Yeah. 
because we're not having this human interaction and we're beginning to get trained on fake stuff that's reality. Right. Well, one thing that comes to mind as you're talking, like you love conundrums. Yes, I do. And a conundrum just came to my mind here. Technology is advancing, but I would argue that creativity is gone. Right. With the advance of technology, we no longer have creativity that is that is that is being pushed and advanced. Exactly. You know, and that might seem like a conundrum, but I mean, you look at the world today. I even look at my boys. You know, and the way that they play and interact, and it's 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 different than yep. when I did. You know, as I tell them stories that you know, what did you do when you were a kid? It's like, well, I grabbed my bike and went and rode around, and if my friends couldn't play, I just rode around the streets, and we went garbage picking to build stuff, and. You know, that creativity, you know, and you and I think it's even starting to trickle into the things that we consume. Oh, yeah. You know, like whether you watch TV or movies or whatever, like I would argue that there's nothing creative anymore. Everything's just remix of stuff that was done back when people were creative. Yep. You well, know, you look at all the movies coming out. There's nothing original. You look at all the TV shows. There's nothing good on anymore. Right. And if it, you know, and it's all either trash or it's a remake. Yep. And 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 that's just in the, in, the, in that side of things. And so you look around our world, and and technology is advancing, but it's almost like we're digressing. Yeah. Because of that, because we're losing the the shared life experience is what I would argue. Yeah. The way that God has designed us, be like, here's our here's my creation, go and enjoy. Yeah. Well, you know, I would invite younger people to talk to someone in my age group, someone in their upper sixties, seventies, ask them what they did when they were young. Just ask them. Yeah. Because, you know, not too many people are that interested because whenever I start saying anything, it's like, yeah, I know you walked uphill in the snow, you know, two miles to school every day and then uphill back home. And I, I get it. You know, you don't want to hear stories of the old times because it was harder than now. And, and the implication is you're all sissies. I mean, that I get it. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is when we started camp, it was first summer 1968. I was 11 years old. And it, it was a phenomenal experience to be here all summer. No radios, no television, no entertainment, no internet. All we had was woods and, yeah. and children that came up. And I was one of them at the time. And yet I still had to work when I wasn't a camper. And to this day, I look back on those days. Grew up through high school in the summers up here. No television. All summer, no connection to the outside world. None. Yeah. If we went into Anago, which is our closest town, that was unusual. Right. And we might have gone once, maybe twice in the summer. The rest of the time we were here with everybody who worked here. We created our own moments of enjoyment. Right. We did so many creative things that, yes, some of them maybe we should have got in trouble for because we were young people trying to figure out how to enjoy certain things. Yeah. And you learn you don't do certain things after a while because they're dangerous. But when you're young, sometimes someone's got to point that out to you. Absolutely. So the, the, the fun part, though, I look back on those days with such sweet memories. Yeah. Now, some kids today come and their parents or grandparents are my age and they heard stories, so they want to do things. They're not even capable of creating those things that we did. Mm. Right. You know, when I look at it and they're, they, what they do, I look at it and go, that was lame. Yeah. You know, I mean, that wasn't even creative. Well, back when we, we were younger, we were trying to figure out how to make, you know, um, watercrafts that we could go explore the bottom of the lake with. Mm -hmm. And we did. Yeah. 
you know, I don't see people doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And and you can just go on with all the craziness that we did. We didn't do anything that would kill us or anything. It was just we got to figure this out. Yeah. We want to go, you know, we want to go hunt, you know, see the map out the bottom of the lake. Well, we figured out ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, we used to go out and try and figure out how to, you know, um, climb trees as high as we could climb them. And, you know, again, you, you, that could get into trouble a little bit. We used to put on rodeos and make up all the stuff. Mm-hmm. We'd go, well, what if we tried this? What if we did that? And we'd do rodeos for, for other kids. And they thought we were actually doing a rodeo like out west. But we actually just made everything up and, yeah. and yeah. did things that were kind of weird and fun. And So before you know it, all this creativity that was spent because we had no other place to go. We didn't have cars. We didn't have entertainment. So we spent it with each other doing things. Yeah. And that's the culture you inherited. It got a little less in your time. Yeah, yeah. But then now I look at the young people that come up here and it's like, if I don't like dinner, I'm running into town to get McDonald's. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. And I'm thinking, huh? Right. Because you don't like what, okay. Yeah. So the, the, the whole culture is different in that sense. And I think it does. I think it robs people of their creativity and uh, the 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 false reality even can wrap people of their creativity. Right. And I think part of it too, is it doesn't force you to into those relational situations to figure it out. And by figuring out, like, you know, if, like when we were kids, there wasn't anything on demand. I mean, we had TV and it was more or less what was on was on. And if you didn't like it, then either had a VHS tape or whatever. And so as even, even with my generation, we were pushed outside because they're like, well, that's boring. There's soap operas on or something. Yeah, and there yeah, were like whatever. three channels. Right. You know, and so so there was still like, all right, let me go out and find something to do. Whereas now people just turn to binge watching things or playing video games. And I'm not saying that those things are bad, but out of excess, they could be. You know, one of my favorite times here, I've been at camp now 10 years, and, and I love every moment of it. But for, for many reasons, the highlights almost go back to – moments when we're out of power right you know whether it was the storm or we've had a couple other stints here and there and the reason is is it it almost amplifies the experience for our volunteers and our summer staff and especially i go back to the storm why because we went seven days without power and yes we were doing a ton of work we were cleaning up um and it was hard work but at the end of the day what did people do yep they went and jumped in the water rinsed off and then they hung out together Right. Because we, we didn't have internet. Their phones didn't work that well because we didn't have internet. Yep. And so they played games and enjoyed each other. Yeah. And it and I guarantee you that every person that was here during that time remembers that. Yep. You know, and I'm sure there was highlights and lowlights. I'm sure they were exhausted at times. Yep. But at the same time, like the relational value that like they that will stick with them for the rest of their lives, more so than any show will stick with them, any video game will stick with them. And that's the thing about relationships. When you share life with other people, it has a lasting impact. And that's Mm -hmm. how God's designed it to be. That's why he wants us to focus on loving him and loving others because there's a thing when you share life with people, and especially going back to the serving thing, when you serve other people, the way that God has designed us as relational beings is that there's a lasting joy that you experience absolutely in a positive way. Yep. And that's yep. what we're missing out in our culture because we're no longer pushing ourselves into those situations. 
we just take the easy road out. And so if, if we're in a situation where we might have to push ourselves to talk to somebody, we pull out our phone and pretend like we're busy. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and I've said often and that as I look back on the years here, the people who developed what I consider a real community yeah. are those who serve together, not those who just um, look on their phones together, watch a movie together, have coffee together. That's not what makes community. Yeah. Not just getting together and talking makes community. In fact, reading guys like Dietrich Bonhoeffer and others, they, they talked a lot about how the communities even back then that were trying to be developed, whether it be small groups or churches, were, were all self-centered because people were a part of making something that works for them. Yeah. But the, the community that gets out there and just works and serves. Mm-hmm. And you were just alluding to that with the storm that came through here, the derecho several years ago was, no, those people developed community because they served together. They sweat together. They laughed together. They saw trees fall all over the place. They were, they were learning how to get them out of the way together. Uh, many people came up with a common goal. Yeah. And they worked together mm-hmm. without arguing, without fighting, right. without gossip, without slander, without having to be right. I, they just worked together. Mm-hmm. We got to move that log. I don't care how you get it out of the way. Absolutely. And, and all of a sudden, the log got out of the way, and everyone goes, yay. And then he went into the next one. You yeah. know what I mean? We went places where big oak trees were just piled. Hmm. And and people that are slinging a chainsaw that they just bought. Or just and, learned how to use. Or just learned how to use. Or cutting this big oaks up into pieces. And, and when it got done and nobody got hurt, there was a cheer that went up. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, nobody cut anything off. Let's go on to the next one. Yeah. And and. When you look back, that's how community is always developed. And in, in the new world in which we live, there's there's all the, the false internet stuff. There's the coffee shops. There's the let's get together and just look at each other and talk or chill or watch a movie. Okay, that may be not evil in and of itself, but it doesn't develop community. Hmm. So if you're listening, really what needs to be done, I believe, is that we go and we find other believers who want to serve the king, and we go out and we serve together. Yeah. And while you're serving, you'll develop community together. Mm-hmm. And, and that'll be the sweetest community you ever have. If you're trying to develop community by just sitting around and talking, that can be done only in places where people are totally limited physically, I believe. Yeah. You know, like if, if, if I can go to a, a nursing home and talk to those in the nursing home, I can develop community with them because that's their life at this point. Mm-hmm. And I can, that is a service, but I'm serving again. Right. And so you serve again. So I want to encourage people to be service conscious, especially if you're a believer, because that's what develops things. And the minute you become sit around and sip on coffee conscious only, where I, I need to be comfortable only. Now, I'm not against those things, but that doesn't develop community. Right, it needs to be combined with doing stuff together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you get together with a Bible study and you say, let's study this, you should also say, well, how can we go apply that now? Right. And, and now we go serve together. And when we do that, I think we're going to end up seeing that the communities are tight-knit, that God's work is being accomplished, and actually it'll get harder because Satan now will show up and try and defeat us with more vigor because serving the king is what he fears the most because he, God doesn't need us. He wants us. Yeah. 
we need to let them use us if we want to be a part of the victory. Yeah, and and hopefully, as we've discussed today, it, it makes you even think about where you're spending your time and, and ways that you could just reach out and have a relationship with other people because the more that we can do life together and put down our phones and put down our screens, like I think it'll help us in the long run. Unfortunately, we're out of time. It's amazing how fast time goes, but I encourage you to head over to silbertranch.org and you can re-listen to this podcast or check out other ones. But for now, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.